0: Welcome to the Personal Protection Podcast with your host, Lee Hasdell, at the Off-Grid Dojo, in association with Critical Performance. Today, we have the pleasure to feature our special guest, Mr. Mal Sanchez-Jones. We will be talking about Japanese kudo and self-defense. Welcome to the Personal Protection Podcast, Mel. It's great to see you again.
1: Yeah, good to see you as well.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to remember when... The last time we met, I believe it was, was at the Combudo event in Milton Keynes. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, when I brought the, some of the students up there. That's right.
0: Yeah. Did you um? Did your students enjoy that experience? Yeah. There was,
1: well, you know, with Kudo, for instance, there's not there's not many. If you know, besides what we put on ourselves, you know, a few branches, the competitions where you know the students can mix it up but still stay close to the rules. So, you know, with sure. the combudo. Uh, skill set and you know the competition um it kind of suited us quite well so uh, it was either that you know there's i suppose if there was things like ashley Harrell, or enshin or something like that i suppose there would have been but um you know obviously being in contact with you about kudo originally it was it, yep. was, the, it was the easiest option you know?
0: okay um for the viewers that have probably heard this word kombudo they've probably heard it in a few of the podcasts now It's What it is, Kombudo was an event that took place from 2000, and it was actually short for Combat Budo. And it was a way that we could combine and create a format of mixed martial arts, but with a sort of traditional tweak to it, um, which is actually very similar to Japanese Kudo. So anyway, Hmm. before I go on that little tangent, or we go on a tangent, do you want to introduce yourself, tell everybody about yourself? Uh, A little bit of background and what you're doing now with Japanese Kudo.
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, so my name is Mal Sanchez Jones. I was originally Mal Jones, married a uh, Spanish uh, lady and therefore took on a name to make myself sound a little bit more European. Um, And actually stand up (laughs) a little bit more in in Google, you know, people are uh, trying to search for me because Malcolm Jones, you know, there's usually a lot of uh, names that come up when you put those two. Very tactical oh yeah it was it was it was the strategy behind it um also my daughter's got both our names so it was there was a, another reason but um yeah so i started start off as well well younger like most people uh, dad forced me into doing judo um which i actually thank him for now um but you know left that because i had like a uh, skin condition i still got eczema um but it was pretty bad when i was a kid so that kind of sensory stuff i didn't really enjoy uh you know being pulled around by the bigger kids didn't really like, fitted my size and my dad was a small man so it was like looking at the the judo instructor he was huge thinking yeah. of, you know this isn't going to be me ever so um and i just to be honest i tried a few different things different styles of karate and found a guy that was more my dad's dap um and he was one of these guys that worked out of community centers and things like that was literally into in it for the students i guess a little bit more and um you know my my background obviously there wasn't a lot of money so he kind of took me under his wing so the harder i worked really the the less i had to pay for things my parents had to pay for it so correct it was kind of love and still is to be honest it still is my love for, of the background i suppose we'll talk about that a bit more um and then for i fell out of i fell out with love a little bit uh in the 90s late 90s because i was part of the uh the Welsh squad for semi-contact career. And uh, it didn't go to the Olympics, as we were being told. Um, and I got fed up of point scoring, where I yeah. just really, I was kind of cross-training. And I realised that that wasn't the type of thing you should be doing as to learn for self-protection or any any sort of combat. Yeah. Um, so I kind of binned it off pretty much and uh, decided to cross-train a little bit more just with people that was following me um I met people like uh, Curtis Page you know down in London it was a, a a good support to me and a few other people to be fair um but again the love for cry brought me back to looking at it from a point of view of um you know what works and what doesn't and uh someone I put something online and someone said to me you know are you, are you kudo and I was like what's well, kudo and they're like oh you need to check it out man I thought you were because we were wearing head guards you know yeah. Uh, throwing, grappling, doing everything pretty much. Um, I checked it out and then to be honest I haven't looked back since because I thought that would be the the platform for the students to go and give them the opportunity that I didn't get you know Yeah. Um, in that sort of platform. So now I have um full time dojo in Barry, in South Wales uh, called yeah. GKA Dojo, so that's Gojin and Kudo Academy Um I've got a coaching team so um, that's why I've been coined by the students. I'll give Josh a shout out if he watches this. Josh said, oh, you're kudo, Mal. As I kept saying, Steve's judo, Steve. So okay. uh, black belt. Um, one of the instructors came from Kyokushin. So we called him, you know, Karate Kiran, just as a joke. And um, AJ was my student since he was like six years old. Uh, he's in the background, actually, the one in the white
0: gi. Um, is that, the, is that the Japanese championship? Uh, sorry, that's the yeah. world championships, isn't it? Yeah, world championships, Champions, yeah, two, uh,
1: 2018. So, okay, well, AJ we, can just,
0: go, we can go a bit more into that later on, but yeah, carry on,
1: yeah, yeah, please do. Um, so yeah, we call AJ the arrow because, like, he's kind of built like an arrow and moves as quickly as an arrow, so you know, it's pretty hard to dodge his jabs and stuff like that. So, mm. yeah, we got a nice coaching team, and um, I spent well, since lockdown, spent a lot of time trying to create an online presence. As it turns out, you know, if uh, you're not on the online, then if it's real and you don't exist, and yeah. all the rest of it. So, and it's been good fun since, to be honest. And uh, since lockdown, now, uh, you know, easing and us being able to open a dojo was tough uh to stay open through that. But we've got an amazing uh, group of people behind. I think it's because we're not. I'm not trying to promote myself individually. I think I have to to a certain degree and um, sure. just say kudo exists but you know we're really we're just trying to create a bigger community more kids in the playground so to speak in the uk you know
0: yeah it's been a real challenge for all martial arts schools over the last uh, 18 actually 19 months now um yeah. so yeah there's it's been a real test yeah so <laughs> in some ways <laughs> in some ways you know the this is where the martial arts or the martial artists should should be able to rise and um yeah Yeah, totally. I totally agree. Yeah. For the viewers, they're probably not too aware of what Kudo actually is because in the UK, Kudo's not as big as, say, or it's not as big a name as karate um, or judo. Now, in Japan, they've got, I believe, it's over 100 branches in Japan of Kudo Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. something, I think it's just over 50 branches worldwide, Mm -hmm. approximately and um probably now is a good time to sort of pay respects to the founder i don't know if you want to um if you want to let everybody know the, the founder's name and he yeah. sadly passed away recently
1: well you know with respect to you as well lee you know that um when i typed in kudo uh in the uk yours that your face was the first that popped up so you know yeah. um uh, it's nice that you're allowing me to do it, but I suppose there's a bit of a conversation between us. Um, so um, his, his title for us uh, within the organization was Juku Cho, which, is, which obviously the head of the association and the founder, um, Azuma Takashi was his name, and um, recently obviously he passed away, which is a is a huge loss to us and, yeah. Um, yeah. and, and expected for the majority of those involved in the organization. Um Azuma was well known for uh, his background in Kyokushin and, um, and was brave enough. Um, and this is one of the things that stuck with me. So uh, after meeting him and being around him in Japan and Malta, um, you know, his passion and his love for what he was trying to, um, you know, trying to commute, get the community um, to understand Martial arts in the in the life, you know, your longevity and your life, um, but the reality was also there, you know. And you know, he was still pushing the fact that you should be sparring, um, you know, even when you're getting older. There shouldn't be an excuse for it, and he was still doing it. Um, yeah. So it that. but it was, um, I suppose, some of the, the 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 things that were being ballsy things for him to have done is to go to uh, Masayama, who would have been you know, Sosai would have been. Somebody he respected greatly, and to turn around and say that you know they wanted to be able to do the head contact, and let's face it, uh, knockdown karate was is the biggest. So why would they want to make changes to something? Don't you know if uh, if it's working, you know why change it? So yeah, um, uh, you know, and he had his blessings to be able to go and do it, and created the hybrid system. So originally it would have been. Um, judo and karate is the is the mixture. Um but it's it's a completely different animal these days, you know, um like anything that's classed as a mixed martial art, it's got influences with so many different things. And you'd be surprised the dojos in Japan, if you walked in, they look very much Thai Thai boxing influenced, you know. So yeah, um, yeah. and now um we have a new Jukucho uh Kenichi Osada and So Chikusho Osada um, has taken the reins in and to be honest from right from the beginning um, you know we were, nobody was really expecting uh, um, well how would you fill the shoes to start off yeah. uh, he's not trying into but obviously um, his his promise has been to try to take uh, Kudo to the next level and not you know really and do that on um so the headquarters must, is
0: still still in japan now isn't it
1: its is, yeah everything's still yeah. functioning exactly as it was before um and you know you've with a leader like osada um and his you know his pedigree i mean you only really gotta look ch- check him out he's called the hit man <laughs> so yeah. and he's a big japanese man he's not a small japanese man um yeah.
0: He's into, his, uh, he's into his samurai swords and stuff as well, isn't he? That's
1: right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. After he finished his his time um, as a fighter, so to speak, he actually went back to study traditional karate as well. So, um, oh, cool. inspiring guy. So, yeah, looking forward to, you know, what, what's next, really.
0: Yeah. Okay, and um So, if we sort of bring it up to now, with regards to... So, for those people that are watching... Uh, they're probably going to be aware of, of karate. They're going to be aware of judo. Okay. And um, the previous podcast, we actually went into uh, judo. Yeah. Um, so is it fair to say that kudo is a mixture of, say, kickboxing, karate and judo with a little bit yeah. of extra things thrown in as well? Yeah, I think, yeah.
1: I, I suppose, then, I mean, looking at the how the Russian uh, kudo federation is developed and yeah. You know, that we know that some of the the lead instructors there, they obviously in, employ um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructors to give them specifically what they want rather than, you know, some people are going, right, we'll just go off and we'll learn Brazilian jiu-jitsu and then bring it back to the dojo in the yep. hope that it's in some um, you way. Know, there's boxing is, I, I'd say the hand skill of boxing is still very much alive and it. Um, you know, kickboxing definitely for the range of the kicks, because when people said about Kyokushin, the range of Kyokushin kicks are different, you know, and you yeah. know, the video still circulates, it's got someone doing the the kaitengery on it. So people are like, oh, that's Kyokushin, right? So yeah. um there's a lot more to it that, than that these days. So yeah, I, I just everybody's open-minded. And I think the phrase that's caught me the most um from the last year of talking to a lot of the Japanese. Um, they just translate it as the sky road. Yeah. And I think, and I think that's a much nicer way of, of looking at it. It's not like there's no but tunnel it's unlimited. It's, Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And you know, all of those co- uh, coined phrases like open-minded, you know, that type of thing. And, you know, just just literally taking what's, what you can for you, isn't it, and enjoying yeah. it, really.
0: Yeah. Well, I think one of the key things, and this is one of the things that did attract me originally to Kuda, is that it, it actually incorporates the most effective techniques above mm-hmm. and beyond even MMA because they include stuff like the headbutts, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which in my opinion is is a valid technique. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. it could be a bit controversial if it was going to be um, like an Olympic sport, maybe that would have to be something mm-hmm. that would be addressed. But for the most part, um, most martial arts schools, most Self-defense, personal protection, self-protection groups—they do have the headbutt, but they don't really train it. No. Now, with no. kudo, um, you train it like it's the—it's the third punch.
1: That's what it I call it—the
0: third punch. Yeah. Uh, whether it's on the pads, whether it's in sparring, whether it's in combinations, also your posture, uh, camouflaging it. So they—they they were able to take the headbutt to a whole. Mm. Um, new level Mm -hmm. as opposed to say in self-defense, it was always just kind of just to stick, stick the nut in type thing. Uh, There's actually a lot more to it. Oh, Mm -hmm. there can be a lot more to it if it's trained. It'd almost be like saying to a boxer, well, you don't need to train the jab, just do it. Yeah. A boxer will spend a lot of time focusing and, and really perfecting the jab. Uh, So in Kudo, the, the, the combatants or the athletes, they, they incorporate that into the pad work, and that was something that really impressed me when I first came across it. Yeah,
1: it's it's. Um, if you listen to any of the students in the club, they'll say, you know, look, what well, what's what's kudo then? And then it's like, oh, it's like MMA and a gi, right? So this is like, and they go, what's a gi? And they say, like, no. <laughs> and then they say, oh yeah. So, um, but every single time when it comes down to the the biggest sales point, they go, and you can headbutt, and then yeah. people go, oh, you know, that's serious and. Um, you know, I watch videos all the time with the headbutt um, included, and it tends to be one of those things you do this, 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 and you can headbutt, and and there's no explanation. You know, you yeah. see a lot of chicken necking. You know, where yeah. um, you know, like, it's funny if I went to headbutt someone in Kudo and brought my head back, you know, yeah. they're going to hit me right on the button, you know, with with their head uh, yeah. or their elbow or something like that. So the the dynamic of their headbutt is really it's 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 just well, it's amazing. <laughs> you know, and yeah. lifting the shoulders up, keeping your chin down, everything that you learn in you know, the majority of striking arts, the yeah. headbutt's there every single time. And it it's a game changer, you know. You've got somebody that's a good throw throwing, uh, might be judo, judo card or something like that. You headbutt them and they forget. So they the same old statements in it with being hit. So
0: Yeah. Well, um when I first when I first practiced and did a bit of kudos. Uh, in the early days, I was very active with regards to, or, or, although I'd retired from MMA, professional MMA fighting, I was active in uh, sparring with the up-and-coming um, fighters or students. Mm. And I used to stick the head guard on because they used to ask me about, you know, what's this kuda? I said, well, let's do some MMA training and you'll find out. <laughs> so they would do a lot of the techniques like the underarms, or overhooks, overhooks and, mm. and the close quarter stuff. And I'll just I'll just stick the nut, nut in repeatedly, <laughs> and they were completely overwhelmed. It yeah. completely uh, trumps their MMA as they knew it. Yeah. And um, as it happened, a lot of them—well, not a lot, a, quite, a few of them—were were, were sold on it, and they started actually yeah. training in in the kudo. And yeah, um, just I've got I've actually got a. This is for the viewers that. Yes. Right, now, this this is what separates Kudo from the <laughs> majority of martial arts. Is that agreed? Yeah. 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 So it's yeah. kind of like it got nicknamed yeah. or coined the, the space helmet.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's
0: actually called the Neo Headgear. See, and yeah. it's got Perspex here. So you can see that it can actually be used for full contact strikes, yeah. including the headbutt. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, th- these are like gold dust in the UK, yeah?
1: Yeah, they, I mean, yeah. You've got a, they're very expensive to import, you know. Um, yeah. You know, I think that one of the issues originally was being able to get hold of them, to be able to, to do the full. the full. And there's so many cheap, uh, you know, yeah. and they're dangerous, to be fair. So some of them cover the mouth. Um, yeah. some, some of them are just, you know, the padding is just all wrong. Um, I don't know whose yeah. head they they fully shaped it on, but it's, that's not great.
0: Well, I believe, I mean, the the neo headgear is the, it's like the two version, isn't it? It from is the original yeah. one, yeah. So they, they kind of um, uh, and this is from Master Zuma. They're able to kind of perfect the head headgear or iron out yeah. any minor faults that the previous one had. Which it is a um, a super
1: safe, uh, super safe one, but it is it is like uh, having a fishbowl on your
0: head. So yeah, I mean
1: any. Anybody with a terrible hook could still catch you because it was so far in front of your face, you know. It's like horrendous. Yeah, because on
0: that one it's a bit more it's a bit more flatter, yeah. isn't it? It does yeah,
1: I out. Mean, that's for me, but I've got a I've got a beak on me, so it's like <laughs> I still get caught, caught with those things a bit hard enough. But um well I think okay. you come. Know, sorry. No, sorry, carry on. No, I was just gonna say that you know there's there's a lot of benefits to them. I and I personally I think the the way that you have to change your game to use um, you know, use that headgear efficiently. It's like, for instance, when someone gets hold of your head, there's yeah. your head yeah. bigger, so it's harder to get your head up. So you just can't rely on half-assed escapes, you know. Yeah. And yeah. and the same thing with the, I mean, some of the rule sets come into it as well. But you, you've got to be, you've got to kind of trim down all of the techniques you can. And so that that for yeah. me makes it a bit more. Um, like I would say street savvy, I guess, because you're not as yeah. confused. You're not doing as many strikes and as many kind of complicated locks. And things. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and, that, and that's all down to the headgear, because if you didn't have it on, you probably would be able to do those things, you know. It uh, sharpens you up. Sharp.
0: Yeah, well, now that we're on the subject of sort of street savvy and um, potentially self-defense situations, yeah. Yeah. The, one of the other things that really attracted me to Kudo was... And this is really misunderstood, I believe, in the martial art community. So, for instance, the 10-second clinch rule. So, Kudo's rule set actually places importance on speed. So, yeah. yeah, So, even the, what's the overall round now? Is it three minutes still?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, it depends on, you know, who's setting the competition and stuff. But, yeah, you're between two and
0: three. Two and three minutes, yeah. So, as opposed to, say, MMA, that could be sort of three times five minutes. You've got a lot more time yeah. this is designed to in my opinion to make it more realistic so you want to get the job done as quickly as possible now yeah. so something as simple as the 10 second clinch yeah. means it doesn't mean it's weaker in my opinion it makes it stronger and faster because you're yeah. not going to faff around trying to get the perfect grips oh, um yeah. the moment you you engage uh, uh, and grips are made mm-hmm. you've then got to go into something quickly or yeah. or nothing now in, from my experience and um, my teachings as well you don't want prolonged clinch work in a real fight mm-hmm. that's to be avoided because it, then you could get bit, uh, head butted okay. eye gouged um, mm-hmm. and various other things so the idea of almost perfecting the 10 second say takedown mm-hmm. or um, knockout strike,
1: mm-hmm. be
0: it elbow knee, headbutt, mm-hmm. punch um, is a real game changer to most yeah. martial arts. Because like I say, most people, when, I, when I've spoken, spoken to people, especially from the mixed martial arts community, when I say there's only 10-second clinch, they're kind of like, ah, oh, that's not very good. <laughs> I'm like, no, it means that you've got to be really good.
1: Yeah, yeah. It means you've got to be very good. I, I think the, the 10 seconds, and, and this is why I think when people say about the judo in kudo, it yeah. starts with think about your first grip. You've got purchase because you've got hold of a geek. Yeah. You know, and you can just literally you I mean, sometimes it'll look like a bar fight because you've got uppercuts come in, overhands, yeah. knee, you know, all that type of stuff. And it and it that is a lot closer. I remember the first time that i sparred like that, and it was like about more like an altercation I had on the street, sure. because usually when they kick in in martial arts, you you're not holding on to you're not holding on to them. Yep. You know, and when you've got something you can't run away. And then if you fall to the floor, you've got thirty seconds, haven't you? So, you yep. know, in, in you know, that's thirty seconds is still a long time. Um, but yep. at the same time, it does it does get that. And I, and again, one of the other rules or two other rules that I love is that, you know, if you've been down twice, and there's been no submission, they they stand you up, and you've got to spend the rest of the round slugging it out. You know, there's no okay. more down. There. Yep. You know, and and obviously there's no ground and pound. So it actually shows that kind of respect when you get to a, a mount position. A mount is is quite turbulent anyway, isn't it? So you you know you're, yeah. not, you're not always got the best place unless you can get right up to the armpits or something. Um but you can hit up as hard as you like. So it sure. it just shows that that you're you're skill developing, aren't you? Yeah, for yeah. realistic scenarios, which without just making it a, a windmill situation, you know?
0: Yeah. But in the ground position, you've got the uh, the Kimi, where yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like a um, it's like a ground and pound simulation, and yeah, this is yeah. obviously for the health and safety of of the athletes yeah. because it, at the end of the day, it is an amateur sport. Of course, it's, it's not a, uh, professional.
1: Floor, yeah. yeah, I mean the kimmy works well, and I, I you know again one of the things, and I'm not going to say that I'm perfect at this. You know, it's like um, when you, you get a good throw on and your your body's leaning over. And then the person will just drag you over. Um, yep. Whereas if you made from the standing position, you're, you're taught to throw and to you make your body vertical. You know, so your hips are forwards, and you're not getting dragged over. And I think yep. staying, staying up on your feet fighting is is a big uh, focus of kudo,
0: You know. Yeah, and um, I mean you, you're going to know about this with regards to, say for instance, judo neutralizes karate. Yeah. <laughs> but because you've got the headbutts, that neutralizes yeah. judo. Yeah. So it's almost, it almost becomes like the um, rock, paper, scissors game. Yeah. yeah. Where you, each one kind of um, outdoes the other, which actually yeah. makes it very, in some ways it makes it safer because you've, at least you've got a defense for every offense. Unlike yeah. saying judo, you've got no real defense because the defense against somebody throwing you potentially is is to strike them. Uh, the yeah. defense against striking somebody is to grab them, throw them. Yeah. But in Kudo, mm-hmm. you've got it all. So it yeah. kind of, um, it actually makes it uh, in some ways safer because you've got all the defenses to match the offense.
1: Yeah. And without a doubt, I mean, this is the type of conversation that I have with Steve. and I was saying we call him Judo Steve because, yeah. uh, you know, when, when we're doing just Judo, you're looking at each art. And that's why I still very much love Cray because you can look at things in its purest form and then go, right, okay, how exactly what you're talking about now, how do we, the best yep. case scenario, right the way through to the worst case scenario, and then you can kind of work it out between you. Um, and again, it's one of the things that attracted me to Kudo was that that mindset, that kind of, when we there I use the term traditional, it was, uh, you know, using something. And it was, <clears throat> I know I've mentioned this before, but it's a bit like, um, a, bit like a shit filter, really, you know, when people sure. come in. You know are you willing to buy into a mindset you know whereas in you know i've thought anybody that was a black belt as a kid was was like a superhero you know they could walk on water and stuff and now as an adult you know and seeing how my kids respond to me they they act like my dad's a hero you know because he does this but you know looking at the things that martial arts give you in life you know, they, they, you know, you have stuck at something, you've dedicated, I don't know many people who have dedicated to anything, as long as, you know, martial arts de- dedicate their lives to and the sacrifices they've made to do that. Yeah. You know, so being a bit of a hero is is important, isn't it? And keeping that um, and with belts is another thing people are saying, excuse me, a second, I just dropped my mic. Uh, people are saying, well, what's the difference between, um, you know, MMA and, and Kudo? And I say, well, Look, you know, the belts do mean something. You know, I think yeah. that, you know, like I didn't, I, you know, when you said, oh, well, well, you know, tell me about yourself, right? I say about my um, sixth Dan under Peter, Pierre Constantine, um, saying, oh, yeah, okay, that's wonderful. But I, I only say that to certain people who actually appreciate, well, who one who Peter is, sure. you know, what organization is, what the benefits of karate is. Whereas yeah. in where well, the show Dan in Kudo, and I'm quite happy to wear that because I also know what it takes to get one of those. So, sure. yeah. and most people only talk about, um, you know, decent black belts now in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I was at the airport going to Spain um, Mark Spencer gave me a, one of his um, a BJ Jen t-shirts. Yeah. He gave me a load of them actually. So you'll probably see me in most of my videos with them on because they fit me quite nice. So <laughs> yeah, this guy takes a look at me in the airport. Sees BJJ on my T-shirt and sidesteps. Whereas, and I remember having something on with had karate on. And people used to do the same. Now people look at it and go, and you know, I, I know a yeah. seven-year-old is one of them. And yeah. it's you know, and I mean that's another topic altogether. But I do feel that Kudo still very much has a handle on uh, pedigree to do with with black belts and standards sure. and yeah. You
0: know. Yeah, well, that was. That was one of the things that originally attracted me to um, to kudo, and it was the way it combined like up to date techniques that work Mm. with the traditional aspects of say karate or judo uh, or jiu jitsu, Mm. and it was like the perfect match. So it wasn't too much into the tradition. It wasn't too much into say MMA it yeah. sat somewhere yeah. in the middle. And yeah. there's you know, there's always the um, I always say like for those who are attracted to karate but they like to watch the UFC as an example. Yeah. Kudo yeah. would yeah. be a, a very good place to go to where yeah. you 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 have both. Yeah. And yeah. and it's done safely. And yeah. and there's no pressure to, uh, to to step into a cage or octagon. Yeah. Um but you can actually appreciate and use a lot of the techniques that would say be used in the UFC.
1: Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you do get used to when things. You do get used to putting your hand on people's faces with when you got the NHG on, you know, because yeah. you, you know, like limitations and other stuff, you're not allowed to do because of eye damage and that type of yeah. stuff. So you can get away with quite a lot in KUDA, which is is beneficial, I think, again from um, a protection point of view because you're not worried about where you can and where you can't put your hands. Yeah. Um, but it's um I know there's some that would like um, you know, like seed uh, see Kudo as the perfect amateur platform for people to go into, you know, um MMA in some shape or form. But it was never the Zuma's kind of dream for that. He he was no. more Olympic, more Olympics and more community based stuff. So, you know, and I think that's where the majority of the focus is still, you know.
0: Well, in my opinion, I mean, I, I I had quite a few conversations with Master Zuma mm-hmm. over the years, and in my opinion, he was a real mastermind mm-hmm. when it came to the martial arts and mm-hmm. various other subjects. And the way that he was able to give birth to Kudo is, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion, is it's probably, in my opinion, it's one of the best martial arts to date mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. created, and. One of the interesting things that I found is that sometimes, and, and this is the this is a key to a very good uh, teacher, is that I would ask him questions, and instead of just giving me like a, an answer like one, two, three, he would actually present the problem and yeah. tell me to find the solution. <laughs> now, so as an example, he never really gave the complete answer to say the rules of kudo he presented the problem and then he left it down to each branch instructor um and each different um the experience of each different instructor wherever they came from Mm. to come up with solutions to the rule set yeah then what what you found is that it actually evolved and you'll always find that there's a sort of a a, um great minds will always end up thinking the same yeah um, because there's kind of only certain ways, there's limited ways to actually do something. Um, yeah. But he allowed each um, student and instructor yeah. the chance to experience that. So he could have yeah. you know, said to me, well, look, just do this, just do this, just do this. Yeah. But actually he said, well, this is the problem. Go back to your dojo, then come back to me with a solution.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so it, it almost flips this kind of a student-teacher or student-master relationship around.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's not a dictator, and, is
0: it? Yeah, and I, and I think this was this was uh, was very refreshing because for most martial arts, the guy at the top tends to say this is exactly how it has to be done. Yeah, yeah. He was open totally. to interpretation with regards to, you know, this is the problem you've got headbutts. Yeah, you yeah. Find the solution, and if it doesn't work, then update it and try it again.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. So, he's so got the, like,
1: loads of ways of, um, when he could do a lot of that, like, with non verbal, you know, it's like yeah. it, it, you know, one minute he's there, like, like he can't speak any English at all. And he sat there <laughs> listening, and then he's talking to you directly in English, you know. So, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he was very, very clever, very clever guy. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: well, he, he, he also, was a black belt in judo. I believe a third dan, yeah. from what I remember. Yeah, I yeah?
1: third or fourth, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, third or
0: fourth dan, and yeah. he actually became a champion in koshinkai,
1: yeah,
0: um, via Masayama, That's what, which yeah. wasn't yeah. it wasn't an easy thing back then in those days. No, 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 at all. Because all, all of the well, there's only one organization back then, so all of the um, same as kudo now. Um, Kudo's yeah from what I know, kudos only, there's only one kudo with a headquarters is. in Japan, yeah. Yeah. which um, is, it's quite impressive in day and age where you've got like uh, alphabet associations, um, yeah. even in boxing, MMA, yeah. Um, yeah. karate. I mean, there's not much unity anymore. Uh, judo, I think you've, in the UK, you've got two, I think two yeah, branches. Two, it? It. So, yeah.
1: but that was definitely an, an attraction for me. It's, um you know, like it's it's great. It's it's really nice to have the opportunity to be able to talk like this um, as a representative mm-hmm. of Kudo in the UK, um, yep. but also in the Kudo community. You know, I'm I'm still very much a baby. You know, so it's I'm speaking loud because Kudo is not known as what as much as it should be in the UK. Um, yep. We have got other branches, but you know, the we need more of a presence to be able to. Um, to get that across. And yeah. for the, when you, like you say, it's like um, in, in this street alone, you know, in, in Barry, we've probably got about 12 world champions <laughs> at different disciplines at different ages, you yeah. know, and it's not this kind of, like I was saying about this kind of hero thing. It's like, if you said to someone, I'm a world champion kickboxer, people would be like, oh yeah, so I know somebody, you yeah. know. And whereas in with Kudo, because it, as much as people don't know it, when they look it up they can find it and they'll find the world championships and it was spectacular you know so i've been to one yeah. so i'm not going to be there going oh i go to japan all the time you know i'm <laughs> i've been to one you know and um yeah. it was really i mean that's why i put the picture in the background because it was a big deal for me um yeah. because obviously i'd aspired to go to japan um as a martial artist you make it type for us for isn't it and uh yeah. And then taking my student out there to fight on the biggest platform knowing that's the only platform and for how well it's run, you know, with the TV coverage, the the, the whole thing, the spectators, the, the stadium they use. And, and yep. we went to Nagoya. So Nagoya was the backup stadium because the work was being, uh, was happening for the Olympics in Tokyo. Sure. So, yes. you know, we ended up in a, in a huge, but like you said, it's still very pure in, in its form. Yeah. Um, and it, and we haven't got those, and I think that was the worry really with Master Azuma um, passing away. That and yep. this is why I was keen to do this interview when you said I was thinking, well, yeah, because you know I can shout it as loud as possible that sure. there's yep. no fragmentation. It's it's kind of business as usual, um, and we're actually, if anything, we're we're actually coming together. We're gelling more now. Yep. To try to make sure that we take Master Azuma's. You know, legacy and develop, you know, keep evolving, like you were just saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm a big fan of um, Master Zuma and the legacy of Kudo. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, it's it, it took a mastermind to put it together. And even the little things like the 10 second clinch rule. 30 mm-hmm. seconds on the ground so yeah. let's just yeah. discuss that the 30 seconds on the ground so if i have a conversation with say somebody from brazilian jiu-jitsu yeah they see that as a big weakness and i say no it just means that the stuff that you know from brazilian jiu-jitsu you've got to be able to do that in 30 seconds mm-hmm. why because in reality do you really want to be on the ground in the street in a real situation for longer 100%. than 30 seconds so you need to get that job done quickly. So there's no the, none of this kind of, like, um, stalling or playing for time yeah. because yeah. – um, and, and this is something that Master Zuma did say to me. He said that initially the whole concept of kudo came from, like, a street altercation, yeah. a street fight, yeah. um, from the uh, kakato karate, which is, like, combat karate. Yeah. So it had to – even though it became, like, a combat sport – he wanted to maintain its effectiveness in a mm-hmm. real self defense situation. Yeah. Which, oh, in my be- opinion, not many martial arts have been able to do that. They've not been able to cross mm-hmm. over from um, reality fighting into the combat sport world, unlike Kudo. Yeah. No, it's all.
1: I mean, but I mean, that's what, like I said, um, you know, my, my dojo still cool. I could have just changed it to Kudo Wales because. You know, we are the official branch for Kudo in Wales. So we are our own branch. So I was thinking, do we just stick with Kudo and Wales? But it goes in for us as the self-defense terminology today. The amount of times that, you know, I've ended up on the floor in, in any altercation, in a pub, bar, club, whatever it was, 30 seconds is a long time, yep. especially if someone's got the better of you. And a bouncer would normally be there if you're in a club within, yep. say, 20 seconds. You know if, they, if they're a decent pouncer, um, <laughs> but but there's a lot of damage that can happen to you in that very short period of time, isn't there? Yeah, you know, and like we we're saying about Kime earlier, it's that when to, to score that kind of point, if you like, when you practice, when you're simulating, you are got to be upright over the person and you can stamp near their head, right? To emphasize, yep. I could be stamping on their head, and every yep. single time yep. I'm taken down and I hear that foot stamp by the side of the, maybe one of my students or something. I yep. think holy shit, that you know, that would have just busted me up quite badly. So yep. it, it just proves that you can, you know, that 30 seconds, one if you can't do nothing in 30 seconds, there's a good chance you can have his friends involved or her friends involved. Yeah. Um, you know, or it depends on the, the space as well. My dojo is only four meters wide. So sure. the amount of time you get crushed up against the wall, and there's no walls in Kudo. <laughs> so yeah. I'm aware of that. But you know you people can use those the limited space can they and you
0: know yeah well even the um the headquarters in japan of kudo oh uh, that was very very small but then most yeah. daijos in japan are quite small um yeah. because of the, the sort of size of the buildings and um it's quite normal for daijos to be small yeah but yeah it, <laughs> everything has to be used um or turned into a positive so yeah. I, I, you know, I say this, if we're in a facility that um, doesn't facilitate a lot of space, then yeah. we can work on stuff that we use the walls yeah. Or, yeah. or the confined space so we can work on close quarter stuff, yeah. which is important. Um, I've got, as you're probably aware of all the guests, I've got a few questions. Now, to be fair, with Kudo, we, we pretty much cover everything. So one of the questions is Katana versus the Shinai. Which basically oh. means reality combat versus uh, combat sports. Yeah. yeah. Now we've already expressed that kudo pretty much combines the two perfectly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like I say, for my for my knowledge of kudo, my training experience, so on and so forth, it is probably one of the best um, martial arts that combines the two. That's why I was very keen to get you on because mm. it. Uh, I'm more than happy to see Kudo grow worldwide, yeah. especially in the UK.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so here's a question for you. Right. So one of the questions <laughs> is nature versus nurture. So as an example, yeah. some, and I'm talking more, say from a self-defense or personal protection perspective, that some coaches sort of say, well, look, you've either got it or you haven't. Yeah. Um, other coaches say it doesn't matter if you've got it or you haven't, I'm going to give it yeah. to you. Yeah. Um, what's your take on that in terms of has somebody either got the ability to defend themselves or do you think it can be mm-hmm. enhanced through training?
1: I'm, I'm still that scared little kid. <laughs> so I, you know I think anybody that, that hides behind that and creates that outer shell, um, you know they're kidding themselves really. So I, I, I think you can upskill people um i like when i've got kids in the in the club and i i have good relationship with the parents and i'd say to them if your kid is a nice kid really really nice kid soft through to the core then i'm not changing who they are um so i suppose that's where you know i know how far i can take somebody um and it is i think nature's it's got to come from that because it's survival and you know you can. Pressure test as much as you like, but you can traumatize kids. And with adults, yeah. they've, they've got to adulthood success. You know, there's a lot of people that haven't got to adulthood, so yeah. I would say there's a good amount of success in that they've got to the adulthood like it. And I and then again, my questions when they join uh, the dojo, uh, you know, why are you jo- joining? What What do you hope for this? Because yeah. you know, if if there's deeper rooted issues. Then you know it's it's like when someone says to you, um, "I want to learn knife defense." Yeah, you know the yeah. amount of people who just walk into any martial arts center and just say, "I want to learn knife defense," and and people are happy just to show them random stuff. Yeah. Um, and that and that worries me. So, you know, I for me, it's got to be it's got to be nature. If I had to choose between the two, I think it's yeah. it's, a, it's a natural natural response that's inside.
0: Yeah. Okay, and um, but you always get this case where I mean I've had it so many times where the parent turns up with their son, and they'll say to you, like, "Will he get beat up?" And you <laughs> say, "You say, of course not." They say, oh, I really want him to toughen up. Can you get him beat up?"
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they want him to pick on him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they,
0: they, you know, it's normally the father they want their son to be tough, and yeah, yeah. maybe this the son's quite gentle in nature. Yeah, and yeah. the father doesn't want the child to grow up maybe being picked on or bullied so they literally want the son to be roughed up so they yeah. they toughen up which is always yeah. a tough one for uh, the instructor to yeah. to keep everybody happy um mm. as you as you know but maybe some of the viewers don't I, i'm into um protection dogs and we do a lot of training uh with regards to protection dogs now believe it or not the training of protection dogs is actually very similar to the training of children now i'm talking about young dogs from from puppy age when you when you when you bring them up and this is probably the origins of of that question because training protection dogs we have to factor in genetics yeah we also have to factor in um the training that they receive yeah and ideally you want the two to match up and it is it does happen that a dog, certain dogs just don't have it in them genetically. Um, Now, as a general rule, when it comes to puppies, a a, a puppy that is going to be a protection dog, you don't, you try not to put um, pressure. You try not to put any defense. You try not to break them before 12 months. Right. Okay. In any way or anything that may cause them to break because whatever happens between eight weeks and 12 months could potentially become their default. Yeah. So if a puppy gets broken because it got scared or um, there was too much pressure put on it, too much defense, that will always be its default. So as it's older, the moment any pressure is put on it, it will go back to that default of, course, yeah. of, yeah, of yeah. being broken. Yeah. Yeah. So the question of nature versus nurture is, is, very important yeah, I suppose, and, I, uh, yeah, and I think this is what he's alluding towards Yeah, he's alluding towards is that if a child is generally um, quite gentle and soft-natured you've got to yeah. be careful not to break them because exactly. that could actually put them in a worse position as an yeah. adult yeah. as soon as pressure comes, it doesn't have to be any self-defense it could be say in the workplace, it could be if they um, they become an executive or something yeah. if some pressure comes onto them yeah. they could collapse or fold because yeah. of a childhood um, um, breakdown. Yeah, I, I
1: think you're on the right... This this type of stuff is, for me, is one of the reasons why I teach and why I'm passionate or what I do. Because, yeah. um, you know, so I spent 17 years in working with what they call disaffected children, you know, yeah. or whatever term it is, disadvantaged, vulnerable, whatever you want to call it. But as... Um, uh, an alternative provision. And now I've turned that into my business, which I work with martial arts as that medium. Yep. And if someone will put it's two different things. If I've got somebody, a child that comes in and from a good home, you know, there's obviously got everything and needs a lovely kid quite well together and stuff. I'm happy to teach them and, and help them along their path if they choose that. Um, mm. And there's been no child childhood trauma. Yep. Um, so I'm not going to add traumatic experience to it. If I've got somebody that is being bullied, you know, being from that, you know, I think most people love going on those stories of my story, being bullied, poor me, um, you know, you bounce back from it. And, you know, you can give skills over a lot of time because I'm I'm one of those people. I took them over a very long time, you know, but you've got to to build people up, haven't you? So if someone comes in and is bullied, then yes, you can give them skills because they've already had traumatic experiences. You've got a reference point, haven't you? Yeah. You know, but but like you said, it's um, it's a it's a big responsibility, and it's yeah. you can only do it with the main care in their life. You can't do it on your own. Yeah. So if they if you've got no support, you know, you're two two nights, three nights a week, right? They're with that person the rest of the week, so
0: it's definitely environment. Yeah. Well, um, I've seen at some events where, and I've seen videos, mainly in say like the. Say boxing, MMA, kickboxing, where the tr- child looks traumatized, and in my opinion, that is not healthy. It's not. It's not going to stand that child yeah. in good stead as an adult, mm. because that that will become the default if you're not careful. Yeah. The bad experience yeah. that they received yeah. as a young child, and this is why it's, I think it's really important um, that coaches factor that in and and to be fair right it wasn't until I started training protection dogs that I had a real understanding of this now in some ways there's far more research done in training a protection dog than there is training a kid in martial arts it's almost like there's actually not much information with regards to research and stuff and and, and actually how to do it you know how do you make a child into a guardian or protector or a fighter Mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it Whereas with dogs, there's literally so much data, so much information that I learned a hell of a lot from training protection dogs, um, crossing that over to training humans, yeah, uh, especially children. Because with a protection dog, the idea is that you get it as young as possible, say eight weeks, and the training yeah. takes place there. Uh, at 12 months, that's when the real... Not necessarily 12 months, but maybe slightly after 12 months, when you've done mm. all the environmental and the foundation and the confidence building mm. of the puppy, you're then in a position where you can start to apply a little bit more pressure, but it must be mm. controlled pressure. Yeah, now if you've got a, a, I mean, I've seen like I don't know, six, seven, eight year olds doing um martial art fighting and they literally look traumatized,
1: yeah, which. Yeah.
0: If that was a protection dog, you would never do that to it.
1: No, well, it's. I mean, it's, they're emotional. Emotional scars, and it's like if you imagine like a real, you know, a real wound. If you get the opportunity to of medical assistance, you know, straight away, it's got much ch- better chance of not scouring. You know, so yeah. it's if you're going to put somebody in a, you know, uh, like it's going back to the environmental building up. You give them the trust. They built relationships. They know they're safe. They go in. It's scary. They do yep. their thing. And then afterwards, you know, that's where the learning happens was a good coach. You, you know, you're there before yep. and after. And I see coaches all of the time. And so stats that's winding me up and doing it now, where you see them getting chucked on and then they have their fight. And if they lose, they're just right next on. know and then they go to the next one rather than actually showing what what it's all about and then you know that sort of thing was really important for me from again this personal protection part because if in a dojo like myself my instructor believed in me so much and i and i become the best student but it didn't cross over into reality so when i was on the street and then somebody comes up that's got a name or whatever my confidence just disappeared because I haven't got my dojo. I haven't got my safety. I haven't got all of those things. Yeah. Whereas in, yeah. you know, I'm telling the kids, listen, if you've got a problem in school, what are you told? Well, you're told to tell the teacher. What happens if you tell the teacher, well, we're, we're snaking, you know, we're, we're grassing yeah. we're telling them it's a bad thing to do. So how about you tell them beforehand, you tell them that I'm having problems. I'm a bit worried for my safety. Now, if you're in a situation in the school playground, and then the bully approaches you, you know, in the back of your mind, you've done everything that you can sure to do on the right thing. And you can, by law, you know, I'm telling kids about law, <laughs> that sure. you can defend yourself. And then yeah. when you're in the office with the teacher, you can sit around and say, well, actually, I told you, yeah. you know, you did nothing about it and I defended myself. Now I know what, that's an easy thing for a teacher. i just be like, right. Off you go, guys. Got the you know, the parents in, and now we've got ownership of our environments, haven't we? Yeah, you know. So it's yeah. there's loads of things like that, that I try to weave in. Um, because you can't teach people these skills and give them a head guard and all the rest of it, you know, because that's becomes their default for defense of themselves, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, um, so it's fair to say that main, mainly for the kids most of the training is just confidence building and yeah. given like, uh, I call it positive stress where it's almost like you inoculate them from the feeling of losing or the feeling of defeat, the feeling of disappointment, mm-hmm. all these factors yeah. that if it's not like, like you was alluding to, if it's not managed carefully, they can create scars. Yeah. They can hang around for a lifetime and they may not reappear until maybe somebody's yeah. Um, yeah. in a boardroom or uh, some kind of business leader, and they keep having certain problems. And it could actually stem right back to – because, I mean, at the end of the day, look, we can't wrap kids up in cotton wool. I believe that it has to be a controlled um, inoculation, positive stress, so on and so forth. And that's largely down to the skill of the coach. Um, Unfortunately, there's probably not so many good or qualified coaches – um, in this field. Yeah. Um, yeah. but hopefully stuff like this podcast yeah, and yourself, because yeah. I know you've done a lot of youth work, so you're obviously familiar yeah. with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all the development. The this, yeah. The, the, um, the majority of stuff I take it from is occupational therapy. Um, yeah. because yeah. with OT you're looking at, um, holistically the development of an individual. Sure. Um, and it's where, you know, where I get quite disappointed when you see, I mean, the only fights I see these days is because I pick and choose where I go, <laughs> you know, so I, yeah. I, I go to the same place. I know where every exit is, you know, when I talk to people about when I go to toilets, you know, like if someone's eyeballed me before, um, then I stand behind the door <laughs> because I'm waiting for them to come in because I've been sucker punched before, you know, yeah. it's just these things that, and they're like, well, you're a bit paranoid, aren't you? I'm like, no, no, not paranoid. Like I've I've had these experiences, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that, that type of thing. And I... I just hope that the, if you can develop, let's face it, most people that I know that have ended up working on doors, they found themselves there by yeah. narrowed opportunities
0: and things like that. And they, it's really an ambition, is it? Yeah. It's, very yeah, rare. it's That's somebody says, I want to I be a
1: doorman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I know a few good youth workers have ended up on, on the door and yeah. they manage yeah. the door very differently. You know, because they're they're managing people, they're looking, understanding relationships, they're preempting what's going on all the time, and they're not even martial artists. So when you said to me you're going to get different people on the podcast, I think that is a really nice angle. I think because they're looking at uh, what the situation is going to be, how am I approaching, how am I standing, do I look confrontational, what body language am I using, you know, and what type of clientele I've got going on, you know, and they most people that I've met on a negative front. They've spent all their life surviving and presenting themselves to look tough. So therefore, they're not the best person to be looking after other people because they have only learned how to uh, think intrinsically. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's game over for me.
0: You just reminded me of something. Um, I've had a, actually, there's been a couple of guys who have gone off and studied psychology.
1: Yeah.
0: And, in just in conversation. They've sort of suggested they've asked me for suggestions as to like how they could learn more about psychology or in in, mm. in the in the real world. And yeah. I've said to them, get yourself a door supervisor badge. You'll <laughs> learn more about psychology in one yeah. weekend than probably in four years at university or whatever. I mean,
1: it's it's gonna be, haven't it? You know, and I understand why people get so much confidence from working doors um, and applying that in their martial arts and then being so confident mm. with it. Um, but, I, but you know, it's like I was saying about how much baggage, how much, how many scars you've got to influence the way you think, and you've got to be really, real on the ball, haven't you, um, to be good at that? And, and you also need to be a team player. Um yeah have some bad situations happen because they, they just put themselves in an individual lone um, scenario, you know.
0: Yeah, and there's there's a there's a big emergence of what's generally known as the soft skills, mm-hmm. whether it's in um, self-defense, um even combatives and um especially like the doormen or the door supervisors. Um we're not allowed to call them bouncers anymore, I believe. All
1: right, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't call them bouncers.
0: Um, door, supervisor. <laughs> door supervisors. Yeah, like the soft skills. And these these individuals that I steer towards becoming endorsed advisors because they wanted to study psychology or they were studying psychology mm. from an academic yeah. perspective. Yeah. They actually became very good at it. Yeah. Uh, why? Because they were able to deescalate and talk down 99.9% uh, yeah. of the situations. Yeah. yeah. Whereas somebody yeah. without the soft skills, it only goes one way. It escalates. Of it yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah, when you yeah. throw ego into the, the mix uh, yeah. and a bit of alcohol or a lot of alcohol. Yeah. And yeah. nobody wants to lose face and, and so on and so forth. This, yeah. this is um, a real, in my opinion, this is a real important aspect of yeah. personal protection, um, regardless of door supervision or not. Um, yeah, yeah. They, I saw some stats somewhere uh, a couple of years ago, and it mentioned that actually the majority of people get hurt in real-life self-defense or attack situations Primarily because they were uh, they were scared of being embarrassed. Right, right. Now, as part of defensive behaviour, yeah. If you just look at it on the surface level, it kind of doesn't make too much sense. But when they mm. went into the detail of it, it made a lot of sense. So, yeah. so what that what they generally meant was that somebody had real bad feelings, real yeah. uh, strong intuition, a gut feeling yeah. that something was going to happen, but because they didn't yeah. want to either embarrass themselves or the other yeah. person they didn't remove themselves from this situation yeah and then it led to uh, an attack yeah. and that could be something as simple as walking down the street yeah and instead of shouting something like help or they just stay quiet yeah and yeah, they suffered yeah. they suffered an attack purely because they didn't want to be embarrassed um, yeah, yeah. In, in my Personal protection classes, I put a big emphasis on uh, people losing their inhibitions. So I get them, sometimes I get them to do
1: not <laughs> bizarre things,
0: <laughs> but even just to shout, uh, you know, like yeah. keep the ki. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, it's embarrassing, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getting them to stand yeah. at the front and doing a technique, shouting with, with, with the ki. Um, mm. Adults find that really difficult. Kids, no problem. Well, some kids, yeah, but yeah. a lot of the kids, if you can get them out of that early on, yeah, in my opinion, that that alone gives them personal protection. Because totally. Well, as kids, you're
1: told to shut up, up you. aren't you? So as an adult, yeah. it, since you're adulthood, you you've got this barrier. You you know you you've got a filter where you have to think about what you're going to say. Yeah. Just in case you offend some kids, offend people all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and it could be something as simple as I'll get them to stand at the front and they have to shout out the numbers, like right? yeah. one to eight, one to ten, whatever it is, with, with the repetitions. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. I put them in a position where the focus is on them, yeah. And but once again, I will never do it in a way that would either humiliate or embarrass, or you know, it's yeah. all controlled and they only yeah. get as much. So, for instance, if if I sense that a student it doesn't matter if they're a child or adult if yeah. I sense that they're a little bit nervous or they've got a sort of nervous disposition, even if they come to the front of the class and shout out one run, and yeah. run back and carry on with the press ups, yeah, yeah for yeah, them. Yeah that is um, a massive thing for yeah. somebody else. It's nothing. So they get to yeah. shout to 20 yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, you just hit the nail on the head. A lot of the, um, you know, So I've become a specialist in, in the behavioral management. So the crisis prevention, and that okay. was what, that okay. was mainly towards teenagers. So, yeah. yeah. And what I, one thing I couldn't teach my staff was how to um, see manifesting stress, anxiety, so, yep. we, you know, we tend to see that much earlier than, than most people in careers because it's the first indicator that you're going to get hit in, yep. a, in a dojo, sure. right? And sure. um, sure. someone looks not very confident, your confidence goes up. So you learn to manage yeah. that as well. Sure. But the, the next sure. thing that, that what we don't learn is how to manage, like, that defensive behavior. So, for instance, the first part of defensive behavior is questioning. So they'll turn around and say, you know, um, information-seeking questions, or sometimes it's it's challenging
0: questions. Can you give an example for for the field? yeah, yeah sure, sure.
1: I mean, I'll, say, I'll keep with the kids because it's it's a little bit more. It's easier to understand when you're thinking about sure. yourself, you know, as teenagers. So you get yeah. like, say, for instance, you've got a, you're trying to manage a, a session, right? So let's say let's take it in the dojo it way, and we can that when you've got a kid that's looking at the clock, right? And then they say to you, "What time is it?" Right? So you've got one kid that would use that to wind you up. Because you know you've already looked. And you've got another kid that actually could be worried. I mean, this is my safeguarding head coming on as well. That actually, they don't want to go home. So you're seeing it as they want to go home because they're not talking and communicating, looking at the clock, and it's disrespectful, and you've got your own little process in your life going on. Whereas they're kind of thinking, I don't want to go home to that abuser. And oh, then okay. after the yeah. class, they're picking it out and they want to talk to you. And you're kind of trying to deal with all the other parents and stuff. And they just need that little bit of time with you. Yeah. So, you know, you've got, if for instance, I've got somebody that like is in the middle of a crisis now. Um, and they're going like, you know, anything to, to get your attention. Like, you know, uh, what my language now, is like this. But, you know, what, what, what does it matter to you? What do you fucking care? You know, yeah. and then that, depending on the way I say that, my tone, my cadence, my volume. You know, it'll be how they, how you respond to it. So if I say it in a really aggressive manner, you're just going to turn around and go, whoa, like this, because the energy, right? But they actually want to know you care. So if you turn around and say, well, actually, I do care, um, you know, and you don't have to talk salary. But some of the staff here, the staff say, look, I don't get paid a lot here because I used to have Uh this career. I chose, chose to be here because I do care. And then you see these kids really getting on board. But then yep. you, you know yep. once once that once that need hasn't been fulfilled, you start to see things like intimidation. And this is where, again, as a martial arts, I was found it much easier to deal with because sure. they they'll use their phys- physicality or lack of physicality or risk to themselves, yeah, um, by to intimidate you to get you back to that first step. So quite yep. often, like you said, that that shouting and that that's that that's that kind of emotional release, isn't it? It's kind of yep. the yep. venting. Sometimes you see it in crying running away. It's never just always the fight. And so that's fight, flight freeze. There's so much of that. And the defensive behavior, like you said, going back to door work, if it's not managed, it's just like (laughs) setting it off. And obviously alcohol. And that was the bit that I got offered some work to do it, especially through COVID where um, I took redundancy and I was thinking I need to get a bit of extra money, but I would be looking for the individual. And if they're intoxicated in some shape or form, it does mask a lot yeah. or, or heighten those feelings and stuff. So, yeah. you know, it's not, I, I would care about too much. And I don't think I would respond appropriately for my own personal safety.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, so I, I think, you know, that's, it's different when you know, uh in a dojo because it's been pre-arranged you know you've got a proper fight <laughs> yep. uh, and you just get on it you know but when you've got to pick your fights it's a different game so i respect them you know just to go back on what i was saying before yep. you know if you've got skilled um you know supervisors door supervisors not that one yep. and <laughs> then then they've got like those soft skills like you said yep. um but it, that let's face it it's, it's any industry right so i'm yep. I've been asked to do i like i i learned tai chi like a, an exercise routine um yeah. as a kid or shibashi and um, so it's not the combated side um yeah. it's just actually breathe breathing you know the mental health side of it and i really yeah. enjoy like, a really big following for that um and that's the type of thing that i think that you know learning to breathe properly in a situation sure. yeah you know and how often do we do that besides like right get on your knees close your eyes I mean, kids, I don't know if you were that kid, but I was that kid looking around opening my eyes, you know, and as an adult, you know, you, you're not really talking them through that. And maybe sometimes it's like, it's not what they want because they think I'm here to learn how to fight, but you're actually, you're yeah. showing them the skills, right? So yeah, yeah, I have to show people under different names. I think.
0: <laughs> well, actually, yeah. you just remind me of something, Taking it yeah. right back to Kudo. Now,
1: yeah.
0: so I've always been um, a big fan of, the meditation arts yeah. uh, the breathing exercises and stuff like that now I always used to think that all martial arts would have that when in actual fact very few martial arts have anything to do with meditation mm. or, or breathing mm. um, when you then go on to say uh, professional mixed martial arts or even kickboxing um, up until now there's been literally nothing to do with um meditation mindset no. and breathing yeah with kudo it's mm. literally the first thing that takes place in every session or every yeah. class or mm. every formal yeah. class mm-hmm. where i don't know if you want to take us through that or like um
1: well it's it's again it's um i run my class a little bit different than that because like i was saying i've got um i use different things to get uh, people to it so okay, if yeah. i've got an hour um i wouldn't do necessarily formal abdominal breathing and well, I wouldn't necessarily do the, the, the turning breaths and extension, um, but I will do that in my other classes. So once they've been a little while, yeah. I hope no one no, no watch this now because they'll feel like they're getting conned. <laughs> 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 I, I try and push them over and say, look, you know, you're not breathing well, so you're not moving yeah. well. And so you're not sitting your breath down enough. You're not protecting yeah. that little part of the body either. Yeah. Uh, you're just holding your breath you're like a big balloon, right? So mm. um, it's not natural breathing that you're doing. Mm. But, you know, as far as the the formal setup, we've got um, the structure at the beginning of the classes should be the same all over the world. So I still, we'll we'll do, you know, so we'll be there and breathe in Cesar position um, and then we'll do the formal bows, that type of thing and the key on, you know, the basics and the, you know, the movements. Once we've done all of those, then it's whatever you choose to do in your class, right? So that's pretty much a normal, you know. Um,
0: But But the, but the, but the sort of, beginning of each session of kudos say the uh, ceremonial aspects of uh yeah. Mokso yeah. in the sazer yeah. position to me yeah. that is that can be done literally 30 seconds it could be
1: 30 minutes um yeah.
0: Yeah. but the the concept of it is to you know if you, the hustle and bustle of your day the stress work yeah. family life yeah. you enter the yeah. dojo yeah, and you go into the um, sezer position, which is kneeling down, for those who don't know, yeah. and the mokso, which is for want of a better word, meditation. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a refocusing yeah. so yeah. that you can kind of start anew, like you're refreshed, so that you can yeah. participate in an activity of learning yeah, yeah. with a clear clear mind and um, inspiration. Without well, doubt, you know, it's that, yeah, come on. No, I was just going to yeah, say, just
1: put yourself in the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's like, yeah. it's going, put yourself in the moment, clear the mind, nothing else yeah. matters right yeah. now, breathe low. It's just the only problem that I get with uh, with that is Cesar that is co- co- quite a painful position uh, to be yeah. in as a beginner, right? And they spend all their time worrying about, like, the pain in yeah. their feet. Um, so I show in step, um, ball of the foot, yeah. cross the feet, give them a few options – yeah. Um. And the, but I try and get that narrative done in another com- uh, another setting because we do it near the beach, basically sure. where everything's yeah. open. And then they come back to the dojo and it changes. So even if they just come for one session, I make sure that I put that in. Um. Yeah. It's like yeah. And then you get that resetting and doing it afterwards is the same, isn't it? So you're doing well, to the be, to be yeah.
0: fair, right? Yeah. I, <laughs> I've often camouflaged that process. Because I, I, I don't do so much now. I used to do a lot of corporate training with business right. executives and media people and um, even like ethical hackers. You know, I've taught pretty much yeah. everybody and anybody some form of martial art or personal protection. And sometimes yeah. you have to kind of uh, adapt things because they probably won't... If you tell them what it is, they won't want to do it or they won't, yeah. they won't give their energy to it. So you sometimes yeah. have to camouflage things. So as an example even just standing up straight at the beginning of a session and I'll get them to put their hands to the side or on their hips, anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. As long as the spine's straight yeah. and they focus on relaxation, um, it's the same thing. It's, it's resetting them, getting them ready for the, what they're about to learn because yeah. you want to try and get them in a position where the state of mind is, has the capability to learn something. Uh, yeah. And even with the kids, um, I, I used to teach the kids meditation. But if I said the kids to the kids meditation, they kind of <laughs> l- look at you funny. So I used to play yeah. a game with like who could who could be. So i would say from right like, it's almost like a game of hide and seek. So you yeah. got to sit down, <laughs> close your eyes, and mm. don't move. Yeah, whoever moves mm. loses. You get yeah. caught by the yeah. the um, the, ba- the baddie, so to speak. Mm. And I could have 30 kids sat completely still for up to two minutes. The parents would all be looking through, um, we had like a a viewing area. The parents would all be stood there like, how the hell do you get 30 kids to sit still for two minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Well, all I did was I I just kind of camouflaged the narrative and made it into a game. And it reached a point where the kids would be like, oh, I used to call it the focus game. They'd say, oh, can we play the, the focus and stillness game? Yeah. They'd be asking for it. Um, whereas had I tried to did it, do it from a kind of um, a discipline perspective,
1: yeah. yeah,
0: I would never have been able to pull it off. I, think, I know,
1: it's a, you tapped into their motivation, but I think a big key part of that was your connection with them and, and the, the relationship skills you had put in before that. You know, because sure, their sure. motivation is to be, and they're in control of it, aren't they? So you've given it, like you said about Zuma earlier. It's kind of you've gifted it back to them to so make yeah. it theirs and made it a game, which is obviously, you know, kids. Kids love that. And yeah. I mean, the, the term I use um, in a, one of the translations, because I've seen so many different translations with meditation and and that sure. between the Chinese and that was to to gather your thoughts, because I I thought that was like a nice way of actually understanding you're you're pulling it yep. all in and setting there into a place. And actually one of my um I'm just looking at the I've got that photo behind me, haven't I with um AJ. Um, so AJ came to me when he was like six. So he's been through so many different evolutions of trying me trying to do these things like that you're, that you're saying. But when we were in in Japan, it's I think the key part which actually jumped out of me was that we went in the morning um to to a little park so it was literally around we were i think we were in the red Light <laughs> district or something in nagoya it was a really rough end of nagoya and um, it came alive at night put it that way so yeah <laughs> we, we went around the corner found this little square and we did a few uh, drills so it was going to be the last thing because i'm a big uh, fan of actually you know if if you were in conflict the last things you've been practicing usually come out right because they're sure. the, the sure. things are still in the body so I gave him a couple of things that i wanted him to practice um and then when you we sat down same sort of thing and he'd been practicing that since he was a kid and it's that visual visualization isn't it it's actually doing it and then allowing your mind to connect and the belief to connect in it and and that self-regulation that you were talking about with with the the little ones doing Cesar um I think that that becomes very much part of their identity and I connected with that as a kid of going to Japan it's that yeah. dream and the hope of the bigger picture, isn't it? I mean, yeah, as much as we like to say that you know, taking them to the other part of the UK would be you know amazing, yeah. it's it's still not what they're picturing in their mind. So and that's so important. So important.
0: Yeah, and I think that's another key factor with with the martial art of Kudo is that it's headquarters mm. and it was actually founded in mm. Japan. Yeah, the, you know, the mecca of of, of martial arts, especially yeah. Japanese martial arts. Yeah. And for students well actually kudo actually can facilitate that dream yeah. of people yeah. going to japan yeah. and not only going to japan but um either participating or attending um a world championships yeah which yeah if you look at a lot of the martial arts now that's quite a rare thing that um a martial it is. art is still based in japan um yeah. they hold world championships and that they can facilitate for a student that probably hasn't been training too long, could actually end up either going as part of the team to experience the whole thing or Mm -hmm. participating or coaching or or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And you get a bit of downtime to enjoy sightseeing and the whole experience.
1: Yeah. I think And just going back to a point that you made earlier, I think was that I I don't think it's fragmented or separate because um, it's still not massive. You know, I mean, that you'll know okay, it's, yeah. it's a small community, right? If you if you went online, um, one of the first things I ca- I went online and wearing a black belt, um, and straight away people were like, "Who the hell are you?" You know, and then but it, not in a nasty way; they were just checking it out. It's like this yep. kind of well, well, you can't do that because this is this group. But once you you've you've kind of done what you needed to do, you know, mm-hmm. to get your grades um then you're part of a family and then when you're you know that's the feeling that you get when you're in japan it's not not just their culture you've got their culture but they're so very much proud of what they're doing there that they'll look after you the whole time um and and in addition to that was is as an adult because and again you know if the guys were here they'd be able to back me up on this when it was as an as an adult going to Japan, it's not many kids are going to be able to go. Right, right then, guys, we've got a world champion coming. Up. Who wants to go? Who wants to go to Japan and compete? You know, most of the parents would probably just dive or run out the door. You know, so yeah. it's it's not it's not around the corner. So it, we know we're going there together, and you know, you have got that mantra of uh, fight hard, sing hard, drink hard, which has yeah. been instilled by Master Azuma, and right. um, I can't sing. So uh, we appoint uh, Kieran, who's in the, in the club, to, to sing for us. But they they're, they're very much, um, you know, they, they push that home as much as people go, well, that's not a great thing to really do. It is, because you're getting adults together. It doesn't mean yeah. you, you've got to drink until you're paralytic. When They're not talking UK binge drinking. You yeah. know, they're talking doing it sensibly. Um, yeah. And every time you come back from one of these events... People say, oh, well, our, all our organizations are like this. Most competitions I've ever been to, you walk in, you've got some dude like with a towel around his neck, you've got another guy stretching against the wall, some other guy mm. shadow boxing, everybody's checking who's in their uh, thing or if they already know they're fighting. <laughs> all of that going yeah. on. Um, but when you go into the Kudo championships, then it's it just feels like professional, you know. So everybody's yeah. just talking. And then afterwards there there is that sayonara party so they make sure that yep. let's face it if you had a bit of a problem and it didn't go your way within an hour or two hours after it, you're in a room with that guy yep. <laughs> and then guess what you got to sort it out so you know and it is very quickly you know yep. shake hands yep. and and then you've got your family so i think where these the other organizations have have gone wrong is where it's just got way too big you know yeah. and it's not able to be uh restricted and that thing enforced, you know, the relationships enforced.
0: I think it's fair to say that um, the vision of Master Zuma wasn't just one of creating like possibly the greatest martial art ever. Mm. Um, It was also, he was very focused on like societal cohesion and Mm. Mm -hmm. um, being able to develop yourself. And I always remember that he would always place the, the importance on education, not yeah. just like fighting education, but also yeah. a, an academic education, yeah. and that they should work together, not against each other, because oftentimes yeah. sports, sports and academic achievements tend to um, go against each other. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But he, 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 his vision was that they, that they can run along. Together, which mm. is which is sort of a Japanese Budo thing, but yeah, he yeah, wanted yeah. to reinvigorate it in, in yeah. a modern time or modern age. Mm. Now, for those who were beyond sort of um, school, university, um, so on and so forth, he would put emphasis on the character, or mm. the emphasis on you know doing good in, in yeah. the world and society, as opposed to using your skills to do harm. Yeah, which yeah. I think is very yeah. important, especially if it comes from the founder and the leader. Um, yeah. that, was, that was a major thing that I saw in him as, yeah. um, as a, as a well, martial art leader.
1: i can give an example um, of that. I mean, whether it's him um, analysing or playing with people or wherever, but he would make you stand up and give your reflections on the event when you're there. Yeah. so it was you know stand up and give a speech sure. and uh and you and you know straight away that the the easiest things to do is to, to thank everybody and thank him and and uh you know do all that sort of you know sycophantic sort of thing yeah. like, well done everybody's great and all that yeah and um and then someone will stand up and say you know i want world peace you know that type of stuff <laughs> and, then, and then like and, and it's for me it's particularly difficult being a being a Welshman, it seems to get more livened up by every beer and uh, get more passionate by the second, and the filter becomes very difficult. But I remember standing up and saying um, about, you know, not like Michael Jackson, Children of the Future and all the rest of it, but I was just saying that, um, you know, if we're evaluating, we're almost out with the picture already, you know? So yeah. it's, the, it's the generations that, are, that, you know, he needs to be asking the questions to the teenagers, because yeah. they're the ones keeping it current. And yeah. one of the things I found out recently, which I had no idea, um, there was a couple of Japanese instructors, uh, that did it actually on my YouTube channel, and they were talking um, about, like, Kudo, and afterwards, um, after we'd finished, they asked about you, by the way. <laughs> so oh, um, Shinji Watan- Watanabe. And, okay, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, the, and they were like, um, Kudo's really popular now, they're, With older guys, yeah, right. Which over here, I was thinking that's one of the issues that I've got is that as they get older, the less they want to fight hard. Yeah, but they've got you know it's the it's that kind of again down to how hard do you spar in training, and the MMA is is so big and BJJ has become so big that they, they they need to understand how to get kudo across to the next generation, even in their own country. So, you know, I think um, any conversations like we're having now are kind of gold dust, I think, for any development going forwards, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've seen... um, There's kind of a big debate at the moment within the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world with regards to older people training. Because you get to a certain age with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you're just going to get pulled to pieces. And the injuries are going to be, um, will become chronic and stuff like that. That is a major concern. And a lot of older people have put off, say, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu um, and MMA uh, because of those reasons. I'm a big believer that, well, I use the term personal protection. Personal protection should be available to to everybody. Um, Now, is it good for a 60 year old to be sparring with? 18, 20, 25, 25 year olds? Probably not. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, does it mean that they shouldn't attend classes? No, they should definitely attend classes, but yeah. there has to be something in place to manage and facilitate uh, the older ones in society. Yeah. Especially if, yeah, yeah, if, they've, if they've never done anything before and they're literally going straight yeah. into something.
1: Yeah, 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 definitely. I think that, but it's like you're saying, is about um, how. I think the, some of the stuff I've seen with the BJJ, it's about, is it okay to choose your partners? You know, that see, type of yeah. Thing. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I, and I, you know, as, as I've aged as well, I I start thinking, you know, you pick and choose. So like yeah. if I'm in Ren and um, Fab, you know, I I kind of literally everything I can push, I say his name in because he's created something so big in France um, that it's become the flagship for for Europe and everybody knows okay. it. So yep. you know, credit where credit due is. And if you've got like you know sixty, sometimes I mean, I, I, I swear the one it was there must have been eighty people, and you're going through and you've got ex-world champions right the way through to beginners, yep. and and then you get the ones that wear come along wear a kudo gear and they've got a white belt and you know they're a judo black belt or a or something yep. black belt. So you've got to pick and choose your fights for your own. Um, safety you know I was carrying a knee knee injury and it was almost I was at that point where I thought you know what it's it's not worth it anymore and if if I just said right I'm just going to teach you know you're going to get a lot of flack from people because you're not going to be in shape you're not going to be able to do what you need to do in demonstrations going to limit what you can teach and it was a position I didn't want to go and I thought well I've got an option I mean I'd gone through and this is what I was saying about the mental health part of it um I, you know, the last couple of years had some horrific things that set me right back. And people feel that like mental health's got a short term um, amount of time you can talk about. Right. So a couple of weeks, someone dies a couple of weeks and then, you know, that conversation has gone, but it's not gone for you. Right. You know, and and I just felt that I've been carrying all of these things over the years. And I every time I start want to talk about them, um, it become uncomfortable, the people you're talking to. You know, and especially if you're a leader of an organization, you can't show that much weakness to to the people who don't really know you that long. So, you know, I I literally had to bite bite my tone and, you know, I've come up the other side of it. Luckily, I've managed to, through COVID, you know, and I apologize to anybody that's watching or listening to this that has had a, a tough time through COVID, but it has been a positive time for me in my uh, mental health recovery and my physical recovery because yeah. I've been able to um, heal the knee. And let's face it, I'm going in week after week, no break, never comes yeah. back. And I'm now, or mid-40s, being able to get back on my feet, it just gives you a second lease, lease of life. So yeah. I was losing hope. Now I'm really interested in see how Kudo can benefit those people, or any martial arts can benefit, uh, benefit yeah. 40s plus. because it's with all the knowledge you know it's like i was saying uh, and and i'll name and shame you now we're live but i did try get you on my podcast (laughs) (laughs) Um, because i think that it's nice that you're asking these questions but you know our experience level is completely different um you know and uh, and and it needs to be documented you know when you get people on, um you know like god knows how many fights you must have had that weren't recorded you know, like the only I wouldn't have had anywhere near as much. I had some on a VHS tape somewhere,
0: yeah. and that went.
1: You know, so these things for people who are looking at these issues because they just come around again, don't they? Yeah, yeah. someone's going yeah. looking at the same thing twenty years yeah. down the line. They're going to go, "Ah, oh, I remember that conversation. That that's what we need to do." So, um, well, podcasting. Yeah. Will
0: happen, well, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll accept your invitation to the yeah. podcast. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah, I mean, for the last 18 months, it's, it's been a real tough time for me. I've had, I haven't been very vocal about some of the things that have happened um, with regards to um, the pandemic and the consequences of it, mm. but I've been hit real hard personally yeah. and business wise and so on and so forth. So I've had to spend a lot of time kind of reinventing a few things and uh, tweaking mm. a few things, uh, adapting and pivoting as they say um but at the same time it did give me a chance to take a bit of a break from yeah from the norm and Mm. reflect on a lot of things and some of the directions that was going in business wise and um, even with the martial arts and because at the end of the day you you have to find what makes you happy yeah um otherwise you kind of you're fighting a losing battle all the time. I mean, you mm-hmm. can tolerate certain certain things um, when you're not happy, but long term, I think it's a detriment to to your health, uh, physical mm-hmm. health, mental health, emotional health, and mm-hmm. pretty much everything else to yourself and those around you. So, yeah. So, I, I use this as an opportunity to find a different direction. Even this podcast mm-hmm. is is born out of that time of reflection, yeah. Yeah. where, like you say, the the experiences of people can be useful for others to hear, yeah, and that was yeah, one definitely. of the one of the um, visions of this um, platform, this podcast, was that I could bring guests on. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, everybody is a forever student. yeah So, with my interactions with different coaches, instructors, experts, special specialists, and so forth, we may be able to. Uh, talk about certain things that will either help the guest, help myself, and definitely help the audience or the viewers that are listening mm-hmm. to it now and, and and forever. So yeah, it's. I think it's, this is a great way, um, especially if you can get those with various different experiences of different things yeah. to, to well, talk.
1: The, exactly, I, the it, like you say, the amount of things that that have come out of this. Um, you know, like I spent a lot of a lot of years um, trying to prove myself to my father, which I sure. I think I thought I put that to bed when I was in my twenties. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I thought, well, I'm an adult now. I do my own thing. I just blank him out. Yeah. So it was only like in the, my late 30s then that my dad had more of a presence in my life. And yeah. um, when he passed, then you know, it's like two years ago. Um, it was. It was horrendous because all of these things came out, and then it was came like you think to yourself. you know a midlife crisis is just something, and you try and rationalise it. And sometimes it's doesn't need yeah. rationalising, you know. But you only, you know, if, if I if it wasn't a pandemic, as much as I thought I was festering, you know, in um, being stuck in the house, and you think of the negatives, sure. uh, you turn it around. Now, now it's become a driving motivator. So as sure. much as people are like uh, oh here we go here he goes again talking about his dad passing it's not a sympathy card I think it might have been originally um but the, uh, the guys in the club and this is where you know I think it's really important to raise that emotional literacy in you know in in the club between the guys definitely yeah. um where we're like one guy's got bipolar and then we we joke about who's got the best excuse not to do stuff and he's we call it bipolar yeah. cards you know I got the dad card. AJ yeah. um, lost his father. He's got the dad card. So we got that connection. We just throw our dad cards in together. There's yeah. another guy that's got another, um, you know, like disorder, if you like. Or, and, it, and it would just make light of very difficult yeah. life situations and get through it together. Um, yeah. And that was one of the things what I thought was with um, what I wanted to do going professional, if you like. You start thinking about what, what will get you money. Yeah. And actually, I thought, no bollocks to this. I'm going to drink. What's going to get me through the next decade? And <laughs> I like travelling, and I like meet, meeting people. You know, we did a Kudo tour in one week. You know, I just thought we're just going to cram in as many people as possible. We're yeah. going to do another one to closer towards the end of the year. And do you know what? You you're going to meet you meet people, and they pick up things. But there's always this narrative, and and everybody's. You know what? It's so nice to have someone in your own town. And showing them around where you live you when they go you appreciate where you live you know you go somewhere else and then you appreciate where you live so life's never as bad as you think right Um, and martial arts is the medium
0: yeah well i am on that subject i i went to cuba in um 2007 i think it was and that was um a defining moment for me not so much going to cuba as when i came back from cuba now, yeah. I, I took part in some research uh, in terms of um, sustainability and um, societal changes and stuff like that. So I ended up in Cuba, and for those who don't know, in Cuba, the because of the sanctions, like um, I call it Cuban uh, engineering, where you'll find like you'll open the door handle on a car and it will be um, an old coat hanger or something. Because the door handle broke and they just don't have a replacement. So they have to be very um, um, inventive. So literally, I mean, yeah, there are certain places that are not like that. But if you go to, say, some of the um, poorer regions, it's definitely like that. Anyway, um, before I left to go to Cuba, I was actually feeling a bit down in the dumps about my existence. You know, my car wasn't as great as I wanted. My house wasn't as big as I wanted um and just various things like this that you know like first world problems anyway i'm spending time there not as a tourist but living like a cuban it made me realize that i'm I'm literally like a multi-millionaire back home and when i came back i remember sitting in my what i thought was an old audi car was literally you know i had leather seats i had air conditioning i had electric windows Mm. Mm. i felt like a multi-millionaire and um, yeah. that w- that was really um, defining moment, and it 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 changed my mindset a lot to, to, to yeah. about being grateful and having gratitude um, yeah. and appreciating what you've got. But it literally yeah. took that to kind of reset myself. And, it's the context, um,
1: isn't it? Completely contexted. Yeah, context, yeah. yeah situations definitely
0: Yeah, yeah. And so, and it, bringing it to the martial arts, it's kind of like. I don't know. Like, I use a thing, I use a word or words called emotional fitness, which is very rarely ever used. Now, in my opinion, if you undertake anything, especially when it comes to conflict, Mm. um, emotional fitness is very important. Now, how do we actually develop emotional fitness without... um, you know, about speaking to our mother or grandmother mm-hmm. or going to a psychologist or something like this. Well, yeah. in my opinion, right, I think the martial arts potentially is a great uh, mechanism for the development of, of emotional fitness. And when I say emotional fitness, I, what I generally mean is the, the ability to withstand things not going the way you want or being able yeah. to experience some form of negativity now there's nothing more mm. negative than than conflict yeah no as an example so of course when you go to a martial arts school or self defense club you don't necessarily expect to to receive like abuse or people shouting at you and so on and so forth but yeah. to yeah. a degree the whole the whole um mindset of combat or conflict in mm. my opinion is is actually very emotional now mm. if you're exposed to like um certain amount of um stress which if you go to a good class a good class mm. should actually contain positive stress yeah not negative yeah. stress but positive stress so yeah. you don't yeah. get your way you don't win all the time you don't yeah. get to be to be the best person in the class um there's yeah. always maybe somebody that's a little bit better than you and all these things yeah. in my opinion will help an individual manage because um, quite often you get the student yeah. that comes in who thinks they're the best, and they quickly discover that they're yeah. not quite as good as they thought because <laughs> maybe a yellow belt or white belt can, can um, outdo them. Um, equally, you get somebody who maybe doesn't think they're that great, and then they, they, they're actually really good at it. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. And
0: everything in between. Yeah. So it's almost like, um, well, it's a confidence, it's a conf- it should be a confidence factory you yeah. should be manufacturing confidence yeah. uh, which is also part of in my opinion um, emotional fitness and, yeah. and I think yeah. the, the confidence levels is definitely connected to somebody's um, emotional fitness and conditioning to be able yeah. to keep a clear mind do what they've got to do when, it, when they're scared when they're yeah. um, tired yeah. when there's somebody bigger when there's more than them against you um, when you Train yeah. in that way, you you become mentally fitter, physically fitter, and emotionally fitter.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, it just it made me think that when you were saying about um, not getting your own way, um, yeah. you know, we did, did a lot of with work with neural developmental disorders, like you know, um, like autism, ADHD, that type of stuff. Yeah. But it was one um, one of the programs that was running was was working with adults with learning difficulties. And I've literally done this work with failure-free activity, which was what you're supposed to give to someone that's autistic because they can't deal with failure. You know, you oh, okay. get like okay. high, yeah. high-level behavioral outbursts and yeah. it can be dangerous, right? And so they go in, you can't have um, someone autistic, say, for instance, with these types of behaviors cooking in a kitchen because of okay. all the risks in the kitchen, right? Yeah. And um, And I'm like, well... Well, we have to be able to because you can't they can't go for life not cooking for themselves so it's a life yep. skill you need to do and um then you, you look at what what it is and it was like right well, i'll tell you what we'll do um and we had a guy with learn disabilities we did it both same times with the autistic guy and uh, the guy with the learning disabilities and we said right okay today we're we're gonna wash up after ourselves we're doing the cooking and you're just gonna do the, the cleaning afterwards yeah and so basically, let's face it, at the end of the activity, nothing's clean. It's probably dirtier than it was before, but they I tried try. to clean it. Yeah. So yeah. the first step was doing that, and it was wearing the, wearing the apron and all that type of stuff. Yeah. And then the next yeah. time you come in, you just take it a little step further. Yeah. But it was yeah. when you're actually thinking of things literally, like failure-free, like the, the resistance in the training room was like, well, of course you've got to fail. If you don't fail, how would you learn? Because yeah. failure is learning. Criticism is learning. Well, actually, yep. it's it depends on how many um, layers of that onion that you've got, right? So, well, I think are like, starting
0: from a minus, aren't they?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And I, I feel like I corded myself on your earlier question now on that nature nurture. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, but it's a tricky yeah.
0: thing. I, like, yeah. it's very interwoven, and mm. it's pretty much just uh, everybody's interpretation. Mm. Um, and Maybe how they would manage the two the two aspects of it,
1: yeah yeah um, but I mean I, like, I try I to try and explain these things as much as I can to the guys and the coaches and the class and by doing it, but you can't have a failure free activity for no, twenty people no. because everybody's an individual, so. Sure. Um, you know, again, that's why I went to move out my dojo. I was looking for everywhere desperately. I want a bigger dojo, more numbers, this sort of stuff. And yeah. and then actually, again, with COVID restrictions, it was like the maximum of this indoors, and it was the number I could only get in there anyway. So okay. it's like curvy, and I just well, maybe I we we might as well just keep to this. And actually, yeah. worked out much better because when you stop thinking of like you're saying about the better car and the all the rest of it, when I started yeah. thinking, actually, let's work with what we've got. Um, it just changed, again, the perceptions of what I'm going to do when I'm going forwards now. So I'm yeah. I'm happy with that. It's more manageable. Um, everybody's happier. And, and the, the level of nurture is higher, isn't it? So the skill level gets better.
0: Sure. Okay. Well, look, I could talk to you for hours. And um, <laughs> we are limited time-wise for these podcasts. So maybe you'll come on again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll, well, make, I'll definitely, I'll definitely come on your you.
0: Yeah, 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 I'm definitely going to come on to yours. Um, yeah. We're going to have to wrap it up. So, let's—if you can communicate or explain or enlighten everybody as to how <laughs> they can get in contact with Kudo or what, yeah. what Kudo is in the UK at this yeah. moment in time—and um, and then, well, and, you know, I'll
1: save this a long, long explanation. I mean, if you just type in Kudo Wales, um, you'll find me. You know, or you'll find um, enough material on YouTube. You know, we've got it's my 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 dojo is called Gojin and Kudo Academy. I've tried uh, refining it down to what's on my T-shirt just so because most people can't spell the Japanese. Um, So if you type in GKA dojo into any sort of web browser, you'll find me and then we can discuss from there. I'm not trying to convert anyone to Kudo. I'm just trying to give uh, an opportunity to find a home, I think, uh, under a banner. That has most things. I'm super passionate about it, so I'll seem obviously biased, um, you know. And I've been trying to infiltrate different um, places, like the the sort of contact karate, sort of uh, realistic karate side of it, yeah. um, and or, you know, all the application karate side, and dipping into judo and all the rest of it. So, cool. if you um, come across this, hopefully, we'll come a- across each other at some point anyway in the future. So, if you don't look, I'm going to find you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, what I'll do is I'll put um, some contact information um, in the show notes. So yeah, for anybody that doesn't, uh, it's not able to write this stuff down whilst watching or listening to this podcast, uh, they'll be in the show notes. And like Mal says, if you um, Google his name or um, Kudo Wales, then mm. they'll definitely find you. Well, like I say, we're going to have to wrap this up, and it's been a pleasure chatting to you. And, and you, and you. Nice you to actually, be so you've actually um, kind of provoked me with a few few things that I may have to tap you up to get some more information, especially with with regards to the sort of psychology and stuff. Um, yeah. I, I, I was aware that you that you that you were teaching um, some of the youths from disadvantaged backgrounds, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, I think there's a lot more that I could speak to you about with regards to yeah. certain things. So, yeah, look forward to definitely. that. And once again, Thanks. thank you very much for being on the podcast and you're definitely coming back.
1: Thanks for having <laughs> me on. Thanks a okay. lot. All
0: right. Take thank you. you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.